0: don't know how to start a
1: podcast um i don't either um i'm still sick somehow even though that first episode was recorded in september and i still have a deep man voice so welcome back to the man voice show (laughs) i'm the star (laughs) hopefully i don't sound like i'm in a tunnel this time because we might have gotten our microphones figured out so i guess we'll see when we edit it i'm audrey and i'm sadie and this is thunder and frightening so this is a true crime paranormal podcast um i would say it's also comedy but i don't live in la so i can't call myself a comedian so who should go should the murder go first or should the ghost go
0: first i am always a fan of the ghost going first when i listen to a podcast and then the murder going so you want an
1: upper and then a downer
0: no, because ghosts scare me more than murder, weirdly enough. So I want the murder after the ghost, so that I can forget forget about the ghost. And I'm go to more bed. scared
1: to get out of my. Well, I listen to podcasts in the car, so I'm more scared to get out of the car after I've just heard about a killer that may or may not still be on the loose.
0: Yeah, but I can punch a person. I can't punch a ghost. You can punch a ghost, but it won't necessarily do anything to it. You don't know that. I know, but I know it'll do something to a person. The story I'm covering today is Jefferson Barracks and Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery. The Are you ready? Is, are, are all the dogs that you I've have? been ready. <laughs> okay. The story I'm covering today is Jefferson Barracks and Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery. The sources I am using are the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, National Cemetery Administration, their page on Jefferson Barracks, um, the Haunted Rooms America website and their page on Jefferson Barracks. And then militaryghosts.com, which got their information from Ghosts of Jefferson Barracks by David Goodwin. They just had a nice little summarized version on their website. Specifically, all the history is from the National Cemetery Administration website and everything else. is The ghost stories are from those last two websites. So the barracks were established in 1826 to, re- to replace Fort Bellefontaine, which is in the north of St. Louis and Jefferson Barracks is south of St. Louis. It was the first permanent American military base west of the Mississippi. And by the 1840s, it was the largest military establishment in the U.S. In the Civil War, it served as a Union army post and a hospital. In 1923, a veterans' hospital was opened on the premises, and then the post was deactivated as a military base in 1946, but it's still used for some military-adjacent things now. Um, The cemetery, specifically, is an American military cemetery located on the Mississippi River Bluff, just south of St. Louis, Missouri. It has been a cemetery since... Jefferson Barracks opening in 1826, but it was not a national cemetery then. That happened in 1866, after the Civil War. So think, you know, Arlington with the organization of the tombstones. The first burial was on August 5th, 1827. It was a baby girl named Elizabeth Ann Lash, who was the daughter of one of the officers stationed at the barracks. So you can get a single burial there for a full year after it was established. Hmm which is pretty good. The original portion of the cemetery, so that pre-National Cemetery Cemetery, (laughs) is the northeastern section, and it's pretty obvious when you go there today which section is that original portion. In 1869, which is is the first time, so after it was established in 1866, there were burials coming in from the Civil War-related things, and in 1869 they did a big recovery mission at various civil battlefields and skirmish locations throughout Missouri and so they brought in 10,200 civil war soldiers to be reinterred at the cemetery from the various mass graves from the other battlefields like Pilot Knob ding and things like that that's a lot all at once mhm that was anybody can you everybody... imagine those poor people sitting there digging those graves all yeah. day <laughs> Long that took them i would hate my I life was, i was thinking about that today at work i was like oh my gosh i hate digging a shovel test i can't imagine digging an entire six foot did they say <laughs> what time of year three. it was too no they just said in 1869 i sure hope it was in summer who knows it's <laughs> better than frozen ground it's better when it's frozen than being frozen ground yeah mm-hmm. anyway so 10,200 soldiers were reinterred in the cemetery all from different Missouri conflicts. and that same year, there were also 470 smallpox victims from Arsenal Island, an island that was in the Mississippi River that no longer exists. I was gonna say I'd never heard of it. <laughs> no, I looked that. I had to look it up. <clears throat> I was like, "What the heck?" So How big go- was it? Um, it was. It was pretty sizable. Definitely, pre- like you would, you like would there know. was like a town on it, or just like a couple people living. No, on it. I I think that's just where they stationed troops. Okay. Put a little camp on it, you know. I don't know. I didn't read into it. I assume that's what it's for, though. Yeah. I, I don't think there were any, like, permanent buildings, or they probably would have worked harder to make sure it didn't erode away in yeah. the river. <laughs> but it was, it was just, like, you probably could have seen it from Jefferson Barracks if I read the maps right. So the original National Cemetery, pre-any expansion, it's just that initial plot of land, had 20,000 individuals on it before they thought maybe we should expand it. <laughs> Dang. I unfortunately didn't get a number of how big it was. But again, when you go there, you know what what the original location is, and part of that is like they mass graves are a thing, yeah, from the wars. When I mean, like because they put during the Civil War, are there still after mass the graves battle, right now? Yes, there's still mass graves there right now. <laughs> so it was first expanded in 1875, and then again in the 1890s, and then by 1922 it was 170 acres, and it is currently 331 acres, and has more than. 188,000 graves.
1: It's so confusing when you're driving around in there. I always get lost
0: and just end up seeing a bunch of deer. Well, then it's so hilly because it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's on the top of the bluff and then the backside of a bluff, so it gets and gully. It can be kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, there's there's been a few times I've had to drive by it at night, and I've just been too scared to look at anything other than the road. Cause I'm so. I'm terrified. always looking for ghosts. No, 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 I to look no. at the one I'm like, please come out. <laughs> when please I'm come driving out. <laughs> alone at night, I do not want to see a white figure in my peripheral vision when I'm driving past National Cemetery. I always want to <laughs> see one. Maybe I'll stop no, and have a chat you. with them about how death is. And we can go and go by there and uh, toodle around one night if you want to. <laughs> That'd be
1: fun. I always look for them, but I, like I said, all I oh. see is deer every time. When I'm, wi-
0: when I'm not the driver, I'll look at cemeteries to be like, but maybe today will be the day. It's never been my day. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the history, the basic history of all that, though. Mm-hmm. So we can start with, with the ghosts. Yay. <laughs> so There are a few common apparitions that you see everywhere, and that could just be because they're all reporting from the same original location, so there's no... It's not multiple reports being like, yeah, there's a lot of this ghost, it's just one, and everyone just tells that story because it's a good story. Yeah. So one of the common apparitions they see at the cemetery is a little girl. Well, it's a child. They're just, like, wandering aimlessly aimlessly through the headstones, just, you know, playing. So that's one. And then a more fun one, in my opinion, is that there are two ghost soldiers that appear at sundown, they acknowledge each other, and then they vanish. (laughs) Are they friends or enemies? They just acknowledge each other, and they're described as one Confederate. Oops. They're described as one Confederate soldier and one Buffalo soldier, and Buffalo soldiers are, are um that's a nickname given to all African American military regiments. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a black soldier and a Confederate soldier acknowledging at acknowledging each other at sundown.
1: Do they do they wave to each other, or is it like a looking? I assume it's look like, each other in the eyes at dawn. Like tip the cap, you know.
0: That's, that's what I, I gleaned from it. They that's disappear right after that. Yeah, they they go tip the cap and disappear. Interesting. But it's like, like the fact that they're like, yes, one was a confederate, one was a buffalo soldier. It's like, wow, you can, that's a lot of detail you're getting on those apparitions yeah. there. To be able to identify. Because yeah. they, one of them, it's like, they, yes, they do specify that it is a black individual is one of the soldiers, but they're also very specific about the fact that they're wearing buffalo soldier uniform, like uh-huh. medallia. Like, they're like, they, you can see that on their thing. It's not just, oh, it's a, it's a black man, so therefore it is a buffalo soldier. They're like, no. Things that have been described on this apparition are are portions of that uniform. I was like, that's that's freaking detailed. How close are you guys getting? <laughs> that's pretty much it for the cemetery hauntings, as in, like, specific events other than just, like, general spooky-oogies. Yeah. That you get at a cemetery. Those are, like, the the popular stories. The barracks have, like, more specific stories, and some of them are fun. Um, so one of them is the headquarters building there is, is supposed to be haunted by an officer in 19th century dress, which means the 1800s, yeah. non-specific. Um, so, like, there's one story where oh, what are they, a soldier is patrolling, and then they see a light in the Headquarters window, there shouldn't be anyone there. It's nighttime, like the headquarters Everybody is not went where people were. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason for a light to be on in there. Goes up, looks in the window, looks in, sees an officer in in the 1800s dress writing by candlelight at the desk, and then they stand up and they disappear. <laughs> so that's, that's what, what I want to do <laughs> for
1: the rest of my ghostly life.
0: Yeah, and then, um, like on top of that specific story, uh, Security officers from, like, you know, since it closed as a post, just general security officers often hear footsteps and hear rustling around the building. So there's, it's a common place to have experiences, is the headquarters building. The hospital that they opened there in 1923 is just generally considered to be hospital haunted. Yeah. Like all old, old hospitals are. Anyway, there's one specific story from the hospital, though. And it was that the hospital was hosting a Halloween party, and the security officer stationed at the gate of the um, hospital, so, like, you know, gate, grounds, then hospital, Mm -hmm. um, commented to the party organizer after the fact that he saw the most impressive Civil War officer's costume. (laughs) Like, he was like, surely you saw them, too. They they, they was great. (laughs) And the organizer's like, no, definitely no one was there dressed as a Civil War soldier. Ew. And, he, and the security officer is like, well, I led him into the grounds and assumed that's where he was going. <laughs> so either there's a random individual wandering around in Civil There's War. either a mentally unstable man <laughs> and, who has and, a really good and, Civil War and, costume, and Civil War. or
1: something clothing. else is going on, and or, I'm very or concerned. Or it was a
0: spooky ghost. <laughs> so everything after this is from David Goodwin's book, Ghosts of Jefferson Barracks, mm-hmm. just to give it all credit. Um... Because he, he recounts, like, old stories of the hauntings. Yeah. Like, like, Civil War soldiers experiencing yeah. hauntings while they were there as Civil War soldiers. <laughs> so, what the, and there's, there's one story of, from the Civil War era, so there was a railroad guard post up on top of the bluff that watched the railroad and unloading docks, what do you call that? Train yard. Yeah, loading that, I don't train know yard. You're trying to say, um, that watched the train yard and the railroad that was down in the river valley below it, and you know, like he walked up and down the hill to go check on things, and one day one of the guards looked down and saw like a figure coming up, and then he all of a sudden he realized it was blurry. And so when he recounted the story to other people, he was like, and then I realized it was a spook. <laughs> the word that he was quoted to use. Sp- um, he really did not say it was said, a spook. A spook. <laughs> Walking up the hill towards them. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> and in World War II um, that people were stationed there to guard like munition stores and all that. Mm-hmm. And just generally be ready to ship out and whatever. And a powder magazine there. And it was well guarded, obviously, because it's a powder magazine. There were men stationed there in general, some of them were guarding the powder magazine. It was it was heavily guarded because mm-hmm. it's you know supplies. You don't want those to be stolen or destroyed because you could light that puppy on fire and that'd be a big explosion. Firework yeah.
1: show, beautiful.
0: Um. Anyway, so they have sentries patrolling the grounds and the tops of the walls, mm-hmm. just walking around. And several soldiers reported a ghostly sentry who would appear and then challenge the guards. Me too. Like, Why are you here? You should not be here. <laughs> Me as a ghost. Challenge to the guards. And the, the, and it, this, obviously it's a ghost. And the ghost is described as having a bullet wound through the head, and it was dripping red blood. No! Very specifically, this ghost had color. yeah So, like, this is a full, but this is not a see-through apparition, Audrey. Yeah. This is a full human with a bullet th- shot through the head. Can you imagine? That'd be so gross. Like, the guards would be, some Some guards would be so frightened that they would abandon post. One, There's a story that claims that one of them left the army when they encountered that. <laughs>
1: oh, no. oh no. He can never watch, like, a horror movie ever again. Right. He's gonna have
0: PTSD. I mean, it's probably good that he left the army then and not later. Yeah, for real, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. After he experienced real, real war. Yeah, he would, yep. That'd be horrible. Yep. Um, but no, they think that this individual was someone who, like, it's been a it was a powder magazine pre World War, too and that you know, like, occasionally, people might come try to steal it. Yeah, and this they they think that this is a guy who got shot in one of those um, robbery attempts, and he just is unfortunately still working, and that's why he always challenges them because you know they're they're unfamiliar to him. Yeah. you're not supposed to be here. I'm guarding this location. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> This is the last, last little bit of my haunting stories. It's, it's Building 28, which is a double barracks with a three-story tower. And it was built to house four companies of cavalry. Cavalry? Did not say that word clearly before. And then the non-commissioned officers that are associated with those companies. So it's like around 280 people were supposed to live in here. That's a big building. Yeah. Uh, currently it is... um home to the 218th Engineering Squadron. So like, people actively work there now. Mm-hmm. And I checked on it and checked on it to make sure this is not like a dated book. They they still they're still housed there. That is still where they work. <laughs> um so these stories are all from them being in that building. And one of the things that happens is when you're like the last person there, you'll hear footsteps on the floors above you and you'll go check because you're supposed to be the only one there. You don't want other people there. There'll be no one there, and the footsteps will stop as soon as you get to that floor above, and then when you go back and sit down to try to work again, the footsteps will start again. <laughs> Very annoying. And that story ends with, often the people just then leave. <laughs> like, nope, not worth it going home now. Same. And then similarly, a light on the third floor will... Turn on once you leave the building, and if you go back in to turn it off, it won't turn on again until you leave the building and turn around to look at Trash. it. Trash. I
1: would just go home every single
0: night. I wouldn't even check. I wouldn't even check. No, at that point, I wouldn't even check. There's just somebody be who like, just jokes on you. I who's don't there just care. Messes with them. Let's be fair. It's they only get these these reports. Only seem to be when people are staying late. Yeah. So maybe they just they just don't stay late. They want to sleep. It's their barracks. Like it's where they're supposed to sleep. Leave rude.
1: <laughs> and that's that's all I have. Okay, so I'm doing the Interstate 70 serial killer. I got my sources, well, I guess I got my information from STL Today and Wikipedia. So, Interstate 70, what states does that run through again?
0: Interstate 70?
1: It pretty much just goes, like, across the whole middle.
0: I think, yeah. Doesn't I it? I think you can drive from, like, Utah to at least Pennsylvania, because I'm taking it that far.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So it goes through the middle of Missouri and Kansas and Colorado. and Illinois,
0: Indiana, Ohio.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's really big. And so this case was featured on Dark Minds and Unsolved Mysteries. So this is called the uh, Interstate 70 Serial Killer because all these murders took place, like, right off of Interstate 70. Mm -hmm. Um, So the killing spree began on April 8th, 1992, with the murder of 26-year-old Robin Foldauer. Um, She was the manager at a Payless shoe store in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, So she was shot and killed while working alone in the store sometime around 1.30 to 2 p.m. And there was a small amount of money missing from the store, but it wasn't like he cleared out, like, the register. It was just like, I don't know. Get
0: gas? Oh, I
1: don't... I guess. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like to throw them off and yeah, be like, like oh,
0: it was this robbery. is a robbery.
1: But how dumb are you that you're just like, I'm going to take $20. Only the big bills. Yeah, like, I don't... This doesn't make any sense to me, but... So so this all happened through, like, a short period of time. Um, did I say the... The next two murders happened on April 11th, 1992, in Wichita, Kansas. Um, Patricia Smith and Patricia Majors. 22 and 32 were killed at a bridal flower shop that they worked at. Um, And uh, Patricia Majors was actually the owner of it. So they had both stayed past, like, the normal closing time because they were waiting for a customer to pick up their order. They were just running late. So they are being nice people and staying late for them. Mm -hmm. And so around 6 o'clock, that's when they think that the two women let the killer into the store thinking he was the late customer, um, but he wasn't. He took them to the back room and killed them. Oh, no. And literally right when this the murderer was, like, walking out, mm-hmm. he tried to get the customer, because the customer had showed up right when he was walking out, mm-hmm. like, the one who, who was actually yeah. late, and he tried to get him to walk into, like, the back room, yeah. and this guy is like, um, no, mm-hmm. and he, like, got away. And was able to give um, a composite sketch to the police. Oh, that's good.
0: So. I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't, like, forcefully kill him. Like, that, he didn't.
1: Yeah, that's something that'll come up um, later. later in this. Um, and so, again, some money was missing from the shop, but, like.
0: So now it's just his calling card.
1: Yeah, it's just like, oh, I guess I'll take some money because mm-hmm. I'm here, but
0: money to get to the next place. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: that's the only thing that makes sense. But And also, he took some of the personal belongings of the victims. So
0: now he's, he's like, collecting trophies.
1: Maybe. But I think that's the only...
0: But he didn't do it in other ones?
1: Not that I, we know of. Okay. So, he's just dumb. Uh, so, for this case, they think that the killer didn't know that there were two women in the store mm-hmm. because he... I think he ends up killing six people together that they connect. And one of the things that they think is that he tries to come into a store when someone's by themselves Mm -hmm. and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And they think that, like, one of the girls let him in and then the other one was either in the back Mm -hmm. or somewhere. And he just made them both get in the back Mm -hmm. and kill both of them. Um, Another weird thing is that, like, in all of these cases, there's no sign of, like, sexual assault or anything. And most of the time they're shot in the back of the head or, like, in the back
0: like, execution. So,
1: like, he just wants to kill them.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, he doesn't, he's not there for sexual, well, maybe it is sexual gratification from killing, but not for, like, you know, assault. Mm -hmm. But, and he wasn't there for robbery, so it's just kind of, like, just for the thrill of killing.
0: Like, serial killers.
1: Which is gross. I mean, but most serial killers have, like, more
0: There's more to it than just killing. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: than just shooting someone and leaving.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... Okay, so April 27th, 1992, in Terre Haute, Indiana, a customer discovered the body of Michael McCowan,
0: um, hey, who Ho. was
1: 40, yeah, I don't know, it's fine, um, around 4.15 p.m. in Sylvia's Ceramics, which um, I think his mom owned, and this was the only male victim, mm-hmm. and they think that he's the only male victim because this guy, has he was kind of like a rocker, like he was in mm-hmm. bands and stuff. So he had long, um, brown hair, who mm-hmm. would, he, he would either wear it down or he would have it, like, up in a ponytail, so they, th- and he was shot in the back, so they think the killer came in, thought it was the woman working, mm-hmm. like, maybe Sylvia or who, yeah. I don't know, and killed them, and then left, because. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what he does. Yeah.
1: <laughs> May 3rd, 1992, Nancy Kitts Miller was shot once in the back of the head while working alone at Boot Village in St. Charles, Missouri. Um, this is in, what is this, Bogey Hills Plaza. Where's Bogey Hills Plaza? Right Hills. off of Zumbel. She was found dead at 2.30 by customers, um, and the worst part of this was that she wasn't even supposed to be working that day. She was just filling in for a co-worker.
0: It seems like it's that... Too Every day. time,
1: yeah. So, um, if a coworker asks for you to take their shift, don't do it.
0: Moral of the story yet? Yeah, never go to work <laughs> if you're not supposed to be there. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. That's so sad. Um, and so at this point, nobody thought this was like a serial killer or anything. Mm-hmm. They just thought it was a bunch of like random events happening. Um, but it was actually a Saint Charles detective, who like saw the connections on the, all mm-hmm. of the cases. He was like, well, all the murders were committed. With the same caliber firearm. The victims were usually young petite women. With long dark hair. Mm -hmm. Um, And in most of the crimes. The victims were alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Every victim was shot in the back of the head. Or like just in the back in general. And at each um, scene. Robbery didn't really seem to be. The motive. It was more like the secondary motive. Like I said to probably throw. Off the tracks or just. Who knows really. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I'm wondering if. The St. Charles cop realized it. Not that I know the state of any of these other locations. It's like, it's not a big murder location. So he's like, there's something wrong here. We don't have random murders. And then looked into it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, back in the 90s, I don't think there was that much happening Mm -hmm. in St. Charles. (laughs) I don't think so either. But, um, what else? He said, well, because all, well, also, like, all of these stores that this was happening in were in strip malls. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were more, like, specialty stores, so, like, they're not going to have a lot of money laying around. Yeah. Um, well, they're,
0: like, more likely to have fewer staff. Yeah.
1: Those and then stores. the murders also took place at the slow times of day mm-hmm. when there were no customers inside. So, like, this guy's probably waiting outside if there were any customers. always
0: at night?
1: No, it was, or like, like afternoon, um, possibly closing time. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, the Nancy Kitzmiller, she might've been, um, killed around 12 cause nobody had come in this. That's when you she opened noon? the store. Yeah. That's okay. when she opened the store, but she wasn't found until 1230 and apparently she was found at like the front door. Mm-hmm. So like she could have
0: literally been, opening the store. Yeah.
1: So she could have been killed at 12 whenever she was opening or sometime in between. They aren't really sure. Mm-hmm. Cause nobody went in, like I said, until 1230.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and then, of course, all of them happened near I seventy. Mm-hmm. So, and so I did some digging because this plaza is still around, and none of the buildings mm-hmm. have been knocked down since the nineties. And so, like I said, it was in Bogey Hills Plaza, and the location of the Boot Village where she was murdered is now a Saint Louis bread co. <laughs> <Are> you kidding? <laughs> or <laughs> as the rest of the world knows it, Panera Bread. Um. I just thought that was a nice uh, I was like, oh, this place is still around. I really need to look up and see what it is. Which is kind of funny. And I told Drew that there's a surprise in here for him. So, this is your surprise.
0: Is <laughs> a <bread code> <laughs> Surprise, it's a coat. It's a breadcoat. <laughs>
1: and you work for breadco. Um, But yeah, so I thought that was kind of not like funny, but coincidental.
0: Um. So most of the other like Hold on, it's the bread co that dad always gets muffies from, at, <laughs> like for work. <laughs> yeah, we've
1: eaten at that bread co.
0: <laughs> Is that bread co? Where's that bread co? Lie? It's right by
1: Michael's. <laughs> yeah, it's right by the chocolate, chocolate, chocolate store. Are you, you're
0: kidding, that Petco. Yes. Oh my the god. The good Petco.
1: Yeah. But, like, I I don't know. I really wanted to look it up because it's like not a lot of, like, especially like, serial killer stuff really happens around here. So then you find out that it's in, like, a place, like, happened in a place that you go to and had no yeah, idea. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, but, like, I looked up, I tried to look at the locations for the other stuff, and I feel like most of the um, buildings that these happen in have either been torn down since then, or, like, one was, like, a auto parts, or, like, a mechanic now, or something it's like, like that. It's, it's,
0: it's, there's something on the location, but it's probably not the original yeah. building.
1: But this one, I was like, I need to look it up, because I watched, like, news footage of them taking her out and I was like that's literally the same exact I know where that
0: is. <laughs> yeah, I was like
1: that's the same exact thing. Like they haven't torn that down. So I thought looking that up would be a nice addition. Um so May seventh, nineteen ninety two in Raytown, Missouri, which Hold is on.
0: before you go further, that's a corner. Yeah. That's such a good like that's a smart location. He could have like Everything else is quite visible. That corner is the least visible location on the entire, that entire strip mall.
1: Boot Village. Yeah.
0: You may continue.
1: May 7th, 1992 in Raytown, Missouri which is like a little bit outside of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, the owner of a video store next to a gift shop um the store of many colors that's what it, the gift shop was called um So, the owner of the store next door was working, and he saw a man enter the gift shop. He heard a pop, and then he saw the man leave. And so, the video store's owner went over to check on what had happened, and he found Sarah Blessing, age 37, dead, around um, 6.30 p.m. And again, there was a small amount of money missing from the register, Mm -hmm. Um. And then a clerk at a nearby grocery store around that same time that that had happened um, saw the suspect walking up a hill towards I-70. And that's just, like, so creepy to me. Like, he's walking just walking.
0: towards the interstate.
1: Yes. Isn't that just, like, creepy? And if I, sh- I need to show you a picture. Is
0: of- those, does that mean he's just pulling off when he sees a strip mall? I guess so. Be- okay, wait. But, but like, like the, first the St. of all, one, the Saint Charles on the bokie Hills when you cannot see that strip mall easily from the interstate, so like that was. No, it's like
1: he. I think, I think this guy like did his research for mm-hmm. where to stop and like which stores to go into, mm-hmm. which strip malls to go to, and stuff like that. And
0: like, is he a trucker that he's going back? Because like like these are have, have you been telling them in time order? Chronological yeah, days. Order? Yeah. Because mm-hmm.
1: no, he started okay, in
0: Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and then what was the next one? Kansas, then it was Kansas all the way. That's what I thought. I "I swear there was a further one away. Yeah, and then it was Terre Haute, and then it was St. Charles, Mm -hmm. and then this one, and near Kansas City. Yeah, so he's going back and forth at least. Yeah, I assume he's familiar with the stretch. If he's doing research,
1: well, it's like in any of these cases, no one notes like a. Specific car that they've seen in the area at the time.
0: Well, but if he's parking and on the street, then it's like not. That. They're not going to see a car nearby. I know. They're but on the I on the just highway. think it's so
1: creepy that she just saw him walking up the hill towards
0: the highway. But if I, I'm thinking of all those towns along there, you, a lot of the towns are visible from Interstate Seventy near yeah. Kansas City. So that that one makes more sense than. Than, like, like, the one in St. Charles, where I'm familiar with the area. No, it's not nearly as visible. It'd be really weird for him to walk from the interstate. Maybe he's hitchhiking. That's true, too. He could be hitchhiking. You don't know.
1: Like, maybe he's staying at a hotel right near. Yeah. Plenty of hotels near that. hmm yeah. It's just so gross. Walking towards the interstate. I don't like that. Well, I just don't like he's walking. He... This g- guy witnesses... So, so
0: casual.
1: This guy witnesses him walk in and hears the noise and then leaves, and the yeah. clerk goes over to see what happens... This guy isn't even scared. He just walks away.
0: Well, why didn't the guy go, like, do something right away? Because he didn't
1: know what happened.
0: That's true. He
1: heard the noise, went to investigate, probably called the police right yeah. after. Trying to, you know, yeah. apply pressure or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Like,
1: the last thing you're thinking about doing is chasing someone down unless you already see well, them shoot someone in the especially street. Especially
0: when you know they have a gun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is what he looks like, apparently.
0: What a beautiful sketch. Horrific was, like, one of the most, like, human-looking police sketches mm-hmm. I've ever seen. I was like, yeah. I can imagine that exact person. So Sometimes they're, like, like, middle school art level. Yeah.
1: Drawing with your eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, eyes don't go there on people, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was, um, all of the murders that have been officially connected to the I-70 serial killer. Um... But there were also a few more crimes that happened in Texas that some people believe might have been him, but mm-hmm. they're not really sure and they can't fully connect it. Um, so Marianne Glasscock, 51, was killed on September 25th, 1993 in Fort Worth at an antique store. Mm-hmm. And then Amy Vest, who was 22, was shot to death in a dance apparel store. So it's like two more
0: those little specialty shops. Yeah,
1: and that was in Arlington on November 1st. And then there was one victim who survived, because these three, I believe, all happened in Texas. Uh Um, Her name was Vicki Webb, and she had actually, like, chatted with this guy before he shot her in the back of the head. But somehow the bullet didn't penetrate into her head, and so the attacker tried to because they said it got caught in, like, the vertebrae or something really mm. gross. <laughs> no. and, um Yeah, it's really gross. And um, so the attacker had tried to shoot her a second time, but his gun misfired, and then he left, and he just thought, like, she was going to bleed out and die, um, but she didn't. I was
0: like, she was shot in the spine. It's, it's not unreasonable to think that she may die. Yeah,
1: but yeah, so I feel like that's the first time you kind of hear, well, no one else has survived, but that's the first time you hear him kind of, like, panicking um. You know.
0: But does that mean he's? Chatting but also, the this might too? not be
1: the same guy. So.
0: Yeah, but if it is the same guy, that that probably means he was chatting up other ones as well. So, like, yeah. what about that guy working at the ceramic shop?
1: Well, that one, this he apparently just walked in the door and shot immediately shot. So that's what that's what I've um, Okay, so, so the
0: talking is not necessary, you know, not necessarily been,
1: part of what he does. There was another yeah.
0: person in there and they were waiting for him to leave so was chatting up.
1: That's, yeah. They don't, they didn't say anything about that yeah. but that might have been the case or she might have been like she might have seen him when he walked mm-hmm. in and was like, oh, how are you today? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And then when she turned around, because he likes to shoot people in exactly. the Exactly, he's not going
0: to shoot, yeah. yeah. Um, he
1: can't look at
0: their faces while well he does it.
1: Anyway. Um, so in all of the crimes... Um, that had happened along I-70. Um, I'm not going to include the um, Texas in this because mm-hmm. that person hasn't been caught. And neither has the I-70 mm-hmm. killer. So this is a cold case, but it's still open. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, like, news interviews where you hear the police from all the cities because they've been working together since yeah. the St. Charles cop was, like, I think these are related. Mm-hmm. So they've all been working together for years and trying to, like, figure this out. And so you can see a lot of news reports of them saying, like, this is still an active case, like, we're still trying to solve it, like, he's, he could still be alive and out there, so if anybody knows anything, let them know. So the same type of gun and caliber were used in these crimes as, um, like, the Texas ones, Mm -hmm. as was the same gun used in the, um, I-70 murders. rephrase that, that was... I
0: know, I can't talk right now, this sentence doesn't make sense in my head. <clears throat> so in both the Texas and the I seventy murders, the it same... was the same
1: kind of gun and caliber used. Okay. Um, they believe. Yeah. But that's the only thing, and like the. They believe. Yeah. They're not sure. Not one hundred percent because they can't link the guns. Okay. Because well, they don't have the guns.
0: They don't have the guns, but they can do that.
1: I know, but. I don't they really...
0: not bothered to do that, though? I'm not what sure. What is that called? That Ballistics. Type, ballistic analysis mm-hmm.
1: of the side. Well, it's also like, this happened not in 92, it was 93, 94, so mm-hmm. maybe he has a different gun now. You oh, know, okay. it's yeah. like, they don't know. Um, and so, that's why it hasn't been determined if they're actually linked or not, but it's the same kind of, like, come in, shoot them in the back mm-hmm. of the head while they're alone, around slow times of the day Mm -hmm. in places that most people aren't going to go into, you know, like very slow like specialty shops kind of thing. And so that's why they're kind of like, maybe this is similar, but they don't know. Um, So for both of these cases, well at least for the I-70 case, um, there have never been any publicly identified suspects, so that kind of sucks. That's such a
0: busy road, that's Yeah, it's so hard to yeah.
1: Yeah. So the gun thought to be used, um, is a historical remake of an old German Navy pistol. That's
0: Um, interesting.
1: It's really weird looking, so I'm gonna add a picture of it onto our Instagram. Are you
0: gonna add a sketch onto?
1: Yeah. Good. Um, and so the bullets used were C C I brand and they were twenty two caliber long rifle, copper clad lead bullets. Um, and found on the cartridge cases were two substances, corundum and a red material consistent with rouge. And so both of these things are used in grinding, buffing, and polishing a wide variety of materials, including firearms. So they think that the killer might have or still does live or work in an environment where this happens.
0: What you would polish your own gun, wouldn't that's you? That's
1: what I was thinking, because whenever I read that, I was like, most people who own guns do that kind of stuff, like, at home on their own time, so it's not very, I don't know, to me it doesn't sound like it's something that's not popular, you know what I mean? Um, But I yeah. don't know, I don't really know much about guns and polishing and whatever. This is pretty much the end, Um, so I'm just gonna say... Let's see here. So the FBI believes that this man is from the Indianapolis area because there's been two separate occasions that the FBI have tried to work on this case. And -hmm. that's pretty much all that they've gathered from, like, profiling. Um. So from witness descriptions and two composite sketches of the killer, the I-70 killer was described as being a white male in his 20s or 30s around 5'7 to 5'9 with, um lazy eyelids lazy eyelids
0: <laughs> that's like, a very just strange mean, like, description he just like, open his eyes all the way
1: or he just looks droopy that's like what i was like <laughs> sleepy droopy. droopy you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and so he was supposed to be thin which like that description and he had okay well so he was supposed to be thin and he had sandy blonde hair or reddish hair and this was in 1992 so today he would be around 50 to 60 but, like, with that description, that makes, like, the image of him, like, walking up a hill towards the highway even scarier.
0: <laughs> Why? Because
1: just, like, a just thin, the, droopy man walking up a hill is creepy. Around. But, so, yeah, like I said, I'm going to put the police sketches and the gun and then um, photos of the victims and the stretch of road that he was
0: photos along on. victims? Or do you mean, like, not, like, crime scene ones, right?
1: No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm going to put that all on our Instagram page, so... Um, if
0: he looks familiar
1: to anybody... Or
0: that gun um, looks familiar to anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, or the gun, because it's supposed to be pretty like weird and like unique.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if that looks familiar to anybody, um, or if you have any information on the case, you can call St. Charles Police at 636-949-3300 or 1-800-800-3510. Um, and then you can also submit information anonis- anonymously... At 636-949-3333 or at um, And then I'll put those numbers and that address on to our Instagram as well, just in case. Well, anyway, that's my story of the Interstate 70 serial killer. Um, gross. <laughs>
0: what a lovely final comment.
1: Gross. That's all I really have to say is... Uh, People are the worst, and don't trust anybody. All right, um, go see a therapist if you need to. Bye.
0: Goodbye.